Coming up next on Thriving in Recovery. I really started focusing on my fitness. During that year span of when I kind of made a transformation, I lost 100 pounds and um, I kept the weight off and like stats show, it's like, yeah, five years, you'll most people gain it back because they're like, I'm gonna go do a diet. So for me, it was the quality of just really not being the same human that I was and doing things different because I wanted to be a different person. What up, TIR fam? I'm your host, Bryce, joined alongside my co-host, Justin, and welcome to another episode of Thriving in Recovery. Today, we are getting real with a dear friend of mine, Matt Anton. Matt and I go way back. At this point, we've known each other over 20 years. We met freshman year of high school, and let me tell you, his humor and his love have been a cornerstone in my own journey. Matt shows us that recovery isn't just about getting better. It's about enjoying life and the people in it. So get ready for some laughs and some heartfelt moments. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Enjoy. Matthew Anton, welcome. Bryce Givens, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. man. Glad you're here. Glad you're in studio with Justin and I. Um, let's jump right in, man. Yeah. Let's... Uh, can you share a pivotal moment in your life that significantly influenced who you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, um, it was back 2018. Um, I was swooning over some gal um, and I um, like kind of sold the farm a little prematurely. I was like, I love you. And uh, I've been drinking, of course, and I was you know, high on mushrooms and I, I was having fun at a wedding and I was sitting there like at the end of the bed and I was just like, oh, fuck, like this is, this is the worst. And the next day, like I woke up and I was like, all right, I'm like thinking of all these things. I'm like, I could move to San Francisco. That's where this chick lives. And I could do all this. And, um, you know, I would be happy then. And, um, I then like kind of just started asking myself the question. I was like, you know, and, and I talked with my sister who has very much so been on like a very uh, different healing path, but she's very plugged in with like plant medicine. And so she's very spiritual. She's very conscious. And so she, she's like, you know, you should really just like start asking yourself like that question and of like, what, what, what for? And like, why, why are you doing this? And I started just getting into meditation and, um, I started really just meditating on the idea of why, why do I feel that my happiness has to come external from myself and why do I chase these things in pursuits of feeling like I am good enough or I am lovable enough or I am successful enough. And, um, I started realizing that like happiness, um, came from within me and it was a very long journey to where I, you know, it was like August. I like took the month off of like September. I was like, oh, it's my birthday month. I'm going to, you know, just chill and um, not drink and get some clarity. And then I was like, I kind of like that. That was good. And then like come November, I was like, hey, I'm going to stop drinking because like I like that again. And then I just like I started realizing like, I was like, I don't need a New Year's resolution to make some sort of a change. And so when New Year came, I was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to just do dry January. And, um, my meditation practice and my, you know, curiosity for consciousness and spirituality kept moving forward. Um, that I was like, 
I really am getting clear on like the things that make me happy. They come from me. And it was working through traumas of, you know, my relationship with my parents, traumas that I had with, you know, my folks divorce trauma that I had with the first relationship that I had where I was like, basically trying to, you know, mold and modify everything that was external to try to make me feel good on the inside. And so as I continued, you know, I just kept rolling it over and I never really had like a, um, an end goal. I never said I'm once I get here, then it's just, I want to be a different person. I want to, I want to live a different way. And I actually started reading, uh, Tony Robbins book, awake the giant within. And, um, you know, there's all these really great talking points that he has of like, you know, give yourself legs, like, you know, give yourself justification on why you are capable of doing something or realizing that your true personal power comes from within you. And it's not about this external stuff. And then that kind of just evolved. And I really got into reading and I really just kept going. And um, I haven't really, uh, I, ha I haven't looked back. Um, and, and I don't, I don't miss it. Sure. Like the taste of beer, or, you know, a good wine. I mean, I used to be a sommelier and, and you know, those are really enjoyable things, but it's like, I, I just, for me, it was started with a, with a woman that I realized, uh, you know, I need to make a change. It's not something outside of me. That's going to make me happy. It's me. Interesting. Um, reflecting on that journey, what is one skill or quality that you've developed throughout that process that you're proud of and how did that quality contribute to your growth? Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's a couple things. I mean, um, one, uh, I think the, the thing, um, you know, also to, to go back and kind of cite Tony Robbins, if you can change, you know, your, uh, your, your physical, attributes like and you can go into motion it, you don't feel as stagnant so i really started focusing on my fitness um i um during that year span of when i kind of made a transformation i lost 100 pounds and um i kept the weight off and like stats show it's like yeah five years you'll most people gain it back because they're like i'm gonna go do a diet so for me it was the quality of just really not being the same human that i was and doing things different because I wanted to be a different person. I wanted to be somebody who was happy with life. I mean, uh, there, you know, I have a lot of people still in my life that, that, um, you know, drink and, and abuse drugs and I'm still friends with them, but it's, it's more so arm length. Um, they, they talk about like the Sunday scaries and it's like where you get like anxiety from drinking over the weekend or whatever. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but it, and then they're dreading going into work. And I mean, I haven't had anxiety, depression, like my, my even keel has just been so, I have no bad days, you know, all bad moments, but I mean, I don't have bad days. And, uh, so yeah, the, the, the pivotal thing for me or the, the skill or attribute is really just, uh, fitness, keep like keeping my brain, my body, uh, and my thoughts just clear. Um, and, diet eating i changed all the types of foods that i would eat um you know typically if it has a n nutritional facts label on it i try to stay away from it so like whole foods um and i would say 
and I'm still working on it. Um, but you know, really just like loving kindness to myself and, um, not being so critical, um, because a, a lot of the trauma that I had, uh, and a lot of the reasons of why I chose to indulge in substance was to make me feel better. And then I started, I got, I got clear with that. And, uh, a lot of that was rooted in, um, you know, not, not loving myself. So practicing loving kindness to myself. I love that. I mean, for the listeners, I mean, I know intimately what your fitness routine is like and your nutrition is like, because we see each other pretty much seven days a week. We yeah. work out together. So, but share, um, share some of the insights that you've gained from, you know, your fitness routine. I know you really heavily got into fitness when you started the, your weight loss journey, but what that looks like now. Yeah. Um, for fitness, I mean, um, I try to just make sure my body is moving, um, you know, seven, seven days a week. So I, if I'm going to, you know, break a sweat, whether it's strength training, whether it's like a hit workout, whether it's you know, a run, um, you know, some anaerobic, some aerobic type exercise. And, um, it, it's really making sure I try to get close to like an hour a day. Um, and you can really get into the weeds and, and nerd out on it and zone two fitness and, you know, making sure the VO two max is up high. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I make sure that, um, I try to stay strong, uh, keep my body, you know, uh, as I guess optimal as possible. Why are you smirking when you say that? Because, <laughs> I mean, you, you already know how it is. You know, we, we, look, we, we look for all these like optimization hacks like everywhere. I mean, you know, the, the wearable technology and, uh, you know, making sure my bed is cooled with like, you know, the sleep eight or, you know, ice baths, whatever. So, um, really just kind of, gotten to the to the uh, to the weeds of like learning cool new ways of, of staying like healthy and looking at cutting it was edge funny stuff. justin we were working out yesterday and uh we had a deadlift day and we're we're working through this program have you heard of the liver king no yeah you're not on social media there's this maniac this you. dude who's like i don't know probably five five six five seven and he's just jack to the gills and like for the longest time he's like yeah i'm all natty and there was this whole thing where like uh he got blown up by somebody and he was on like 10 dollars worth of like supplements <laughs> a month but funny enough My supplements were done about steroids yeah exactly <laughs> well, he's, and, like, he's like claiming if you eat like bull testicles and like raw liver yeah he's the liver king so he's like eats raw raw shit um but he actually has a workout program that is phenomenal. So Matt and I have been following his workout program and, you know, we've, uh, we've been getting stronger like over the past couple of months. And it was funny. I was looking at him in the gym the other day and, uh, I was like, we're getting pretty strong. And then what was your response? I, I just have a real, just shit eating grin and just smirked. I'm like, yeah, man, we're getting very strong. Yeah, it's good. We, uh, yeah, we've been, we've been making improvements, but I think like the consistency, like we, we work out seven days a week. I think the, the beneficial part about, you know, what I've found in our workout routine is like, we have the accountability with each other yeah. that it's like, even some of those days when you, you feel like shit, um, and you don't feel like going to work out, mm -hmm. I know that you're going to be there and that it's a time not only for us to like get stronger, get better, 
be active, but then I actually, we have the camaraderie in our friendship to, to kind of get us through. So I appreciate you and, you know, showing up in the way that you do, cause it helps me be better. So just want to put that in there. Um, who are your mentors or role, mo- role models in your life? Um, I would have to say, um, I have, I guess I have like several uh, in immediate proximity um, and it's in different sectors. Um, my my mom and my dad and my sister. Um, so like my mom and my dad have kind of shown me what works and what doesn't work with like a relationship. Um, my sister has kind of been this like spiritual guru who really is just the most kind and loving human I have ever met. Um, she really just has, a, an amazing grace and she's got a, a way of having tranquility of really when things seem tr- tumultuous. So, um, just the level of calm and presence that she has, um, is amazing. Um, you know, I look, I look up to you a lot with fitness. I mean, the, the, the milestones and the things that you've achieved, it's, it's inspiring, um, and you're dumb jacked. So it's like, I'm like one day, it maybe if my stomach doesn't look like a freaking you know, baking soda, paper mache volcano from all my loose <laughs> skin, uh, you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll have a six pack, but, um, and then, you know, I have some, uh, some, some other people like Tony Robbins, like, um, I, I really look up to him, Peter Atia for like health fitness, Huberman, um, same thing him with you know, kind of trying to optimize my life. And then, um, there's a Michael Singer, he's like a, a yogi. And then I had, um, there's a really great yoga studio here in uh, Denver, Colorado, it's karma yoga center. And there's just really amazing people out there. And so I think it's kind of a symbiosis of, of all of those things and just picking different areas. But then I, I go to music and I have a music mentor. And so it's just really trying to pick people that are good at, you know, for my work, the guy that I, who's my managing broker, like Jake, he's super passionate about what he does. So it's cool. Like just being around like people who live with passion and purpose, I think is what I tend to gravitate to. That's dope, man. Um, in a rapidly changing world, adaptability is crucial. Can you share an example of a time when you had to adapt to an unexpected circumstance? And what you learned from navigating through that uncertainty? Yeah, um, I mean, shoot, what what doesn't bend will break, you know. So um, I think being flexible is is, is crucial. Um, immediately, um, almost every one of my friends, when I went through like a journey of just choosing to give up drinking. Um, and, you know, maintaining a a sober lifestyle. Um, I made a conscious choice of being like, I don't want to affiliate with those people as frequently. Um, and where, where I'm spending my time, it's very valuable to me. And so, um, really just getting flexible with being comfortable being alone. Um, and then I found that to be, you know, I, I joke with you about this all the time, but during COVID, I absolutely like when the lockdowns were happening, I was extremely happy for the most part. 
So I, you know, learning to before that happened the the year prior, um, I really was getting comfortable with being who I am inside and out. And um, so the the flexibility of of changing just like kind of like a social presence of the culture that's entrenched in you know alcohol and socializing, um, I I thought initially that was going to be very very hard. Um, and so that, that was a moment that, um, that definitely I felt was defining. It's like, if I can make it through this, um, if I can, if I can do this and I never necessarily had those thoughts of like, if I make it through this, then I'm, then I'm good. Um, but you know, and trying to be militant with my diet and I miss the mark all the damn time. I love food. It's the bane of my existence and it's a necessity, unfortunately. Um, so like now not eating gluten, I, you know, I could crush 15 donuts without batting an eye. And I like people, you know, I, I just played a concert last weekend and they went to voodoo donuts. That's my jam. And it was pretty hilarious. It was just this giant black glazed cock donut. And, <laughs> and I was like, damn, I want to take a bite out of that. Pause. And that wasn't so, the first time you said that. Right, 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 right. It, it was the seventh. Um, but so I, yeah, so I, seeing that and being like, no, I'm not, I'm really doing my best to, to do things that are honoring my, myself of what makes my body and my mind and my soul feel good. So even in little moments of just having that little discussion in my head of like, Oh, I could definitely crush that meal. Dude, have you been to Parlor Donuts? No, you, no. Bro. Is it, is it great? Oh, my goodness. Dude, they're so flaky free and plug delicious. Free Parlor Donuts. Yeah, man. Well, I'm gluten-free, too, so you know I'm not on that tip anymore. But, uh, yeah, if you ever if you ever have to have a donut... That's the spot? Blows voodoo out of the water. Oh, not even close. Shouldn't have said anything. Oh, now, now, now we have another moment of... Of being flexible, yeah. <laughs> flexibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, th those are a couple of moments that I could that I could definitely think uh, that most recently. I mean, have been I've had to be flexible on. Robbie, what's up, Robbie? What's up, guys? What's up, buddy? Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, welcome. What's up, guys? How are you? Good. That's How are you, nice Robbie? Color to you, man. Yeah. You've been out in the sun. Had some sun. Pull that mic up. Handsome Rob on the scene. Yeah. Hanging out on my bike, you know, we get some. some yeah, Robbie's a biker. He's a motorbiker. Cyclist. No, Justin's a cyclist. Yeah. Robbie's a biker. I drive one with a motor. Oh. Yeah, yeah. we power it ourselves. Robbie's a la lazy places. biker. Yeah. Not, yeah. not like an e-bike, like a motorcycle. Motorcycle. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what I figured. Yeah. Look oh. at him with that beard and all these prison tats and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. how can you not be you a biker? You take the restrictor plate off that bad boy? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, though. Got a two-year Hartley plan. Okay. Nice. Got it. Got it. Got it. There we go. Okay. Yeah, we were just talking to Matt. Um, I mean, he was kind of going through his story and sharing, um, you know, just his journey and getting into, uh, you know, fitness, nutrition and his like recovery path, but awesome dude. Yeah, no, I know Justin was about to ask him something and I interrupted. No, I just wanted, how long have you kept the weight off a hundred pounds? Um, since I, so since 2018, congratulations. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's a big deal. So I'd love to know the mindset before, before losing the weight and yeah. then kind of breakthrough moment and then the mindset today Yeah. so that listeners can get in. Cause a lot of people like 
you said it, I've dropped over a hundred pounds in my, and kept it off for decades. So yeah, and it's not uh, like this Oprah type losing it. Where yeah. it's like I've lost. I know what it's like to feel like you've lost a person. Yeah, I've lost a hundred pounds ten yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. but a lot of people they lose it and they gain it back. And I certainly went through that for a lot of my life. And so how 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 have you managed to to keep it off? Yeah, um, I I think well there. So when I first was going through, um, it never was like, I'm going to go on a weight loss journey and I'm going to lose weight. I never, I never once for me thought that. Um, and so it stemmed from like really like loving myself. And I realized like I would use eat, eating food as, as a coping mechanism. Mm. Um, and so for me, I mean, I can just put down food. Dude, it's insane. Um, it, it's insane. And it's it's not a good insane either. Um, you know, this is one that there should be wards for people like me. But like Kobayashi, spirit animal, but um, just not with the glizzies. And um, so he, so I, I guess with the um, the journey was like I was like, all right, I want to eat healthy foods. And so for that full year that I was just kind of going through it, I was just eating a lot of vegetables, minimal oils, um, and just really, um, focusing on what, you know, Tony Robbins said in his book, he's like, you should reward yourself with, um, deferring instant gratification for a long-term gain. And so anytime you have like a plate full of food, I was always raised, get seconds. I was always like, you know, my mom was a great cook. And, you know, I, it would be encouraged. And I would also house like half a gallon of milk at dinner. And so like, I mean, I'm just consuming a lot from a very young age. I would come home, I would eat a bunch of chips and salsa from school and, you know, still have seconds for dinner. And so I, I got into the habit of whenever I would make a portion of food, I would always ensure, and this is very, you know, uh, wasteful and I don't, I'm not proud of saying this, but for where it's gotten me, it's helped that I was always pushing the plate away, ensuring that I had like at least half of a portion like left. And so then I would really get into the habit of thinking, okay, well, a man who can, or a woman who can control their eating habits can really do anything. And so that to me is the, is the hardest thing. And I still struggle with it to where it's a self-control thing. So I would really just focus and be like, yeah, like, am I satiated right now? Do I, do I feel like a, a sensation of satiety? And, um, I would always be like, I'm kind of a little bit hungry, but then I would like push the plate away. And then I kind of got into intermittent fasting and I would do that to the point of where it kind of got like, it turned a little into like body dysmorphia where I still to this day, I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, I look fat. And so there's just like a part of me to where, um, there is a little bit of a sickness that's there that, so for me, I'm like, I made a promise that I will never be that person again. And so it's more so like having the integrity and the accountability with myself to be like, I never want to be that person again. So that the days that do happen and I crush 15 donuts, you know, that I'm in sometimes in some moments I was feeling like a lot of shame and then I would be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm not going to like eat the next day. And so, um, I've gotten better at that of being like, you know what? No, that's okay. I had those sweets because I realized like, I don't feel good the next day. 
I don't want to do that again. And so it's not necessarily about being perfect all the time or like being so militant and like, and I've tried the macros, I've weighed my food out, I've done all that. Um, I just found that what was sustainable for me is like, if you do end up missing the mark, you know, just you get back on the horse the next day and just realize as long as you don't keep that trend going of like falling back into it, um, that helped a lot. And then diet was a huge thing. And then working out, it just became habitual to where I was, I mean, initially when it started, I, I would do, I had a Apple watch and you know, my, uh, steps, I would try to get my steps in and I set it at like 10,000 and, um, I would just be walking around my house, like getting extra like little steps. Even if I was on the phone, I would just be making laps around my house. And so it became like really just like I want to I wanted really just see like how much will I have to do these things. And then I got and then there were phases I got super hardo into like David Goggins and you know, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, conquer your inner bitch, all this. And um you know, read his books. And so it was really just like on a really just a trajectory of like correcting a fixed mindset to a growth mindset mm -hmm. and really just like realizing, no, I can change my situation that I'm in. Like things are tough, things are challenging, but I have the capabilities to change that. And so it's, um, for me that, that was the the diet and working out, it was just like, I saw it as a, as just a mandate. Like I just, I didn't used to do that. So the new person that I wanted to become makes that a priority. And so, um, for the, the fitness and the, the nutrition, those are the, those are the two kind of pillars. Yeah. One of the things you said, I want to underscore for people is you went back and identified who you were that got you to this place where you needed to lose a hundred pounds. Yeah. Like I was encouraged to get seconds. I, and, yeah. until you can identify what got you to where you're at, you, you almost have no shot at fixing it because you can through sheer willpower, go on diets and, and yeah. be militant, but you're going to go, you're going to revert right back to your old patterns yeah. as, as soon as, cause willpower only lasts for so long, you know, for some people it can last a couple of years or a couple of months or a yep. couple of weeks, but eventually you have to, it's gotta be who you are. It's gotta be your identity. And yep. I think a lot of people want to focus on how, how'd you lose the weight? How'd you do it? How'd you do it? But you got to go back farther and, and why'd you do it? And yep. what was causing you to get to a place where you needed to lose the weight? That's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's always to me boils down to a question of why, like what, or what for, like what, why am I doing this? What for? And, um, yeah, with, with the, with the weight loss thing, it, I never was like, I'm going to lose, you know, two pounds a week, or I'm going to lose like, you know, 10 pounds. Like when you're fat, it's so easy to lose weight initially. It's also, I mean, I wish anything in life was as easy as it is to get fat in my case. I know there's some skinny guys out there that are just like, oh man, I just can't put on weight. I was like, I wish I had that problem. But yeah, um, yeah it, it was always a why am I doing this? It's always a, you know, what is the reason on why I felt like I needed all this food or I needed, you know, some type of comfort out of it. And it was really just driving at that. And so it was really just being like, no, the old me would have had, you know, seconds, thirds, fourths, you know, or, and it's really just making those like 
being like, I, I'm such a firm, like, you know, it's it, anything in life that you feel certain about where you give yourself an undoubted level of certainty that you're like, no, this is happening. It's like, it's, it's done. And so it's like the power of your, you know, belief system behind it. So, yeah. Yeah. And society certainly sets us up to fail diet wise. Oh. Like it's so easy to eat processed foods. And, you know, I go into my kid's school and they've got these cafes with muffins and pop tarts and soda. And yeah. I'm like, what are, you, what are you guys doing, man? Yeah. Like you got to go out of your way to find good food. Totally. It seems Everywhere. like it's, it's a good, good business model. I mean, uh, to keep people sick. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really yeah. good business model. It I is. mean, mm-hmm. you eat bad foods and then, Hey, we got a drug that'll cure that. Yeah. And so yeah, people ridiculous. are always looking on the outside. It's so it's like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I've all, I, I've, as of late, I've often found that a lot of things that are in, uh, in media are just not intrinsically true. Like you, you really need to do your own due diligence. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. What's that movie? Big hero six with all the oh yeah people that are getting fatter and fat. seems like we're, we're America's. Too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. a Wally. Wally. That's the one I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. 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 It seems like America and the world is going that way as all these American things get into China. You know, China's has mm-hmm. a big weight problem now that they've never had before. Yep. And, um, uh, I'd love to switch gears and talk about that plant medicine you mentioned at the very beginning. Yeah, I think absolutely. you talked about your sister. Yeah, yeah. Um, my sister, um, so she's had a very unique uh, path. She she was a um, uh, two-time All-American she's in lacrosse. She's a beast, dude. And, um, Shout out to she, Annie. Yeah, she, she I mean, and she, she'll never even bring up anymore that she was an athlete in college. But she went to Stanford, studied psychology there. And her curiosity with um, kind of psychedelics um, started a lot sooner than with me. And um, she first started getting into, you know, some hallucinogens, um, you know, in in high school. And she really was like, she struggled so, so um, just intently with anxiety. And, you know... um, you definitely would have to ask her of her reasons for her why of what what led her to to do that. But she um, she after she was in Stanford, she was like, "Yeah, I'm this D1 athlete. I'm getting great grades," and um, really that's when she kind of got introduced and was really exploring the idea of consciousness. And um, it started with more like synthetic stuff, and then um, it eventually unfolded into um ayahuasca and she lived in peru um studied under an ayahuascaro um who is part of the indigenous people there and she um really just learned the tradition the songs um learned about the medicine she really focused on the dieta um which is like the diet and really worked intently with a lot of what um, the earth provided and she um, she's actually coming to town um, she gets here on Saturday but she's actually gonna be leading uh, an ayahuasca ceremony um, and um, here it's I think it's in Lyons yeah okay um, in America though yep oh. yep and so um, but she moved so she moved to Hawaii and part of the reason that she moved out to Hawaii was that there's a giant plot of land that's out there. And right next door, they, due to legalities and federal laws, they're opening up a church there. So it's protected um, under that federal class. And so 
Um, she's found just an abundant amount of healing. She's found an abundant amount like her. In ayahuasca church. And, yeah. 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 I think there's one in, uh, there's that Michael Paul and how to change your mind yeah. docuseries. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and there's awesome. one in Florida that they go nice. visit. Yep. There's also, there's, there's some good ones in California too. Um, you know, the person who officiated her, her wedding, um, Ishmael, um, he, he is an ayahuasca arrow and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so, I've never personally done ayahuasca. Um, it's something that it, I've definitely been considering. Um, but I, I, I want to get more clear on, I, I do find that there's a lot within that plant medicine culture that, you know, it's like answering the phone to where they get the download, they get the message. And then a lot of the people in that space continue to answer the phone being like, Oh, this is my Shangri-La. This is my Nirvana. This is like, mm -hmm. you know, where I'm getting everything. And it's like, it does have, I can't really speak to it cause I've never done it. Um, but when but I, you've done other psychedelics and yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, um, for me, it's, it's getting more clear of like, what do I want to do with my life's mission? What do I want to do? How do I want to give back? How do I want to be of service to society and contribute? And how can I be more loving and kind to myself and get clearer on that so that it's more so a cherry on top, as opposed to this is the bedrock of, of who I am. Um, yeah, you're going into it intentionally. Yeah. 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 And you're, we talked, you've talked several times about personal power. Yeah. You're not giving the power to the plant medicine. You're, right. You're, you're, the power comes from within and then this yeah. is augments that. Yeah. Makes it even better. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's, I want the integration process. And I mean, I don't know, we, as people, I feel have a tendency of like wanting to control our environment because it's how we have, you know, we make sense of meaning and stuff, but it's really just realizing that nothing is like it things are just happening to us and the way that we respond to them is 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 better um than trying to control all these little things and making us feel quote unquote safe um and so for me yeah i definitely am i'm interested i don't think i would ever um at least for the first run around um i don't think i would sit with my sister and have her serve because i'm sure there's traumas that you know us as siblings have had and if I get a, uh, if I unpack that, you know, while she's there, I don't, I'm not trying to have it, uh, be about that. I want to, I want to really just go and have it be integrated for myself. But yeah, she's, uh, an amazing human being and the, the journey that she's taken with plant medicine and, you know, the trajectory of even being, you know, around academia of Stanford, you, you know, in a, in westernized sense of the, the word word she could basically uh have you know pit, pick of the lock man am i having a stroke she could she could she could she could, <laughs> she could really have just you know her pick of the lot of of really whatever she wanted to do and um she really just was like i want to help people heal and i want to heal as well and so there's, there's also too in this like Western culture, they're like, oh, one of the most important things for me is therapy. And I think therapy has its use and its benefit for sure. But it's like, you sometimes you talk to someone and be like, how long have you been going to that therapist? Do you like them? They're like, oh yeah, I've, I, I love them. And I'm like, uh, the, how, how long have you been there? Oh, like three years. I'm like, yeah. The problem with therapy is, is your ego is still very much in control. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I've done ayahuasca, I've been to Costa Rica okay. for my 50th birthday, went and spent a week yeah. at a retreat and, and we did four ceremonies and other things as well. And it was yeah. fantastic. But what it allowed for me was to get past my ego, Yeah, to get past that defender controller that's trying to control, controls an illusion. Yeah. And, and if you're going to therapy, it 
the ego is still yeah, in it's control. In the room, yeah. Yes. And with the ayahuasca, it, it it's a dissolution of a, ego. Yeah. It takes a back seat. Yeah. And you get to see the truth. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, I think everybody, I think the world would be a better place if everybody was doing plant medicine. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I um, very intentionally, I'll try to um, do some integration with uh, with psilocybin. Um, yeah. And that for me is a, um, it's, it's never like I'm doing this for fun. I'm trying to learn something about myself of something that like, I struggle with on a personal level, something that I, that, that is hard for me and, or something I can't let go of or something that is like, it, it kind of allows you to, as you said, just take that ego out of it and be like, what's actually showing up for me? What's actually being real. And then how can I work on this to love myself even more to get clear on living a more fulfilled, passionate life that is going to, you know, bring me just happiness. Does that scare you at all? What? Like that's pulling that veil. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah, there's, there's definite moments where, um, for so long, I, um, I have not had any anxiety. I mean, I used to be prescribed, you know, um, you know, a bunch of Xanax and I was on some SSRIs and, um, I had just crippling debilitating anxiety and, it was, I think a lot of it was induced from substance abuse. And, um, there was one time that I was working with psilocybin that, um, I, I started having a feeling of anxiety again. And so I was like, I've been good for so long with no anxiety. Like I genuinely feel happy that when the anxiety came like knocking on the door where I was like, whoa, 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 what is this? Um, it, it definitely scared me because I was like, I don't want to have anxiety anymore. And then it kind of then became like, all right, I like on, while I was in the thick of it all, I was just like, okay, I'm master and controller of my thoughts. Granted, I'm going through a very psychedelic experience right now, but I can control, like, this is a made up thing. Anxiety is something that I'm making up and it's maybe it's a chemical reaction that my body's having. But I focused on my breath, I started breathing, and I realized, you know, this too shall pass. And so um, the anxiety subsided. And, you know, you when you're in it, um, you're just like, is this going to be forever? But you realize, like, no, like, all good and bad things are, you know, temporary. So I, I uh, yeah, it definitely does scare me. But it's it's like being scared in those moments is where I feel you definitely learn stuff. And there's, and there's growth. Totally. Yeah. And most people try to push those feelings down. The anxiety, they try to push the fear down. Yep. They try to push those things down. And But I grew up ski racing, so I have, with wisdom and lots of plant medicine, have yeah. learned that instead of trying to push it down is to ride it like a yeah. like a, like a powder day. Yeah. Like, let's just ride this out and yep. see where it goes because you have to let it out of your body because yep. when you push it down, it manifests another, it comes out another way. It's going to come out. Yeah. Just comes yeah. out in these weird ways. Yeah. No. And, and being like on an emotional bypass is like not the way either. Cause like I, there was a time that even though I was having no anxiety or no depression and, and I mean, I'm like talking zero. I was like, when I did have that little wave of anxiety, I was like, am I emotionally bypassing? Like what's going on right now? Like, am I just like keeping this down on a like just a frequency and choosing not to, you know, have it come out of me because I'm choosing not to. And it's like, you know, how can, how can you kind of let go more and go deeper into it? Yeah. You have to, you do have to completely write it out. 
Yeah. And sometimes just like skiing, it gets scary. Yeah. But, but that's when it gets fun though. But in the only way through it, the only way through it is through it. You got to yeah. keep going. If you stop, you still got to deal with yeah, it. Yeah. You where, know? Where'd you ski race? In Alaska. In Alaska. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I did some ski racing in, uh, in winter park and Vail. Nice. Um, but yeah, I hung it up. I mean, uh, one of my dear friends who, uh, has passed, he, uh, his brother's, uh, sober now and he's on his recovery journey. And I think he, he just hit 2000 days. Um, wow. but he, uh, dope as skier. I mean, he's a, he's a freestyle skier. Um, but his brother was like my best friend and he was a ski racer up at CU and, um, he passed a tragically hiking the maroon bells. Mm. Um, but I, growing up with them, like his dad would be like, yeah, well, if you ate like Matt, you'd win some races because he's got <laughs> weight to him. And I would, and I would just be like, yeah, load me up another bowl, you know? And I'm just like thinking, I'm like, yeah, this guy likes the fact that I'm fat. And I'm like, this, yeah, Peter, awesome. And that was, that was Spencer's dad. But uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it, it is like, you do think like that, that's also the thing is like the minute that you get afraid, even in skiing, you try to get to that back seat and you try to go away from what is scaring you. Oh, you but if you charge, it. you got to lean, lean into, into it. it. Yeah. yeah. It's like being like a Buffalo, go into the eye of the storm yep. and you know, it's going to be fine on the other side. Seems scary, but it's not counterintuitive too. It is. It is. Totally. It is. There's a lot of wisdom in in the potential fear, uh, and then riding it through. And then there's wisdom in you know pain of getting through the other side of that pain, where it's like, yeah, this is uncomfortable right now, but on the other side of it, it's 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 going to be good. Yeah, buffaloes lean into the storm, and they end yeah. up getting through the storm quicker because the storm passes them. Cows run from the storm, and right. they end up being in it longer. Right. Because they're running with it instead of pushing into it. And I'm also grateful that those cows are slow because they're easier to kill and they're delicious. <laughs> they are, they delicious. are delicious, yeah. yes. Yeah, buffalo's good too, but I mean, you know. Um, yeah, cows, very good. Not to keep hammering on the weight thing, but yeah. it's amazing the amount of people that we've lost just out of this room, right? I'm like, all of us have lost at least 80 pounds. I think all of us were over 300 pounds. At, yeah. And you, you got over 400. I was over 400. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. We've lost yeah. the fucking a whole other podcast yeah. crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The Oompa Loompas are no more. Love that. Yeah. That's actually, that's that's pretty cool stat. So take that, world. Yeah. yeah it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And, yeah. you yeah. know, I was the fat kid growing up and there was a bunch of skinny people and, and now they're all fat yeah not all of them but lots of yeah. are fat yeah 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 it's interesting yeah and it's and it's something too i mean you know just i think life is so precious and it's like one of those things where it's like i think a lot of times i'm guilty of it too we take a lot of it for granted sure and so if you can do these little micro you know habits of keeping your body healthy it, it's going to give you more of a fulfilling life like to where when you do get older you know, um, Peter Atia has an assessment of like longevity of life and it's like with grip strength. And it shows that if you have overall strength, you have your predisposition for a longer life. Cause when you get older, you typically die from, you fall down, fall. You, fall, yeah, you fall down, you but can't you, get up, you yeah. can grab something, you know? So, yeah. So I, I just try to, you know, I would like to just be as happy and as healthy as I can. You know, if I start getting to the point of where it's like, eh, you know, I'm like, all right, you can, you can lay me down to pasture, but I'll be, I'll be the cow. Which but. is how I feel. I've recently been getting into mountain biking and I took a spill last mm -hmm. week. Yeah. Dude. And it took me like 
a full 48 hours to like bounce back fully. I was fucked up. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I just turned 34 and I feel like I'm 65. But until you're 54. I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's crazy. But that's why it's so important to like, you know, maintain strength and, you know, mobility and flexibility. And yeah, I like his, uh, I like Atiyah's. If you can hang, I think it's, I think it's like, if you can hang for 60 seconds. He has his patients hang for two minutes. Two minutes is okay. So That's is that what for it is? Him, but he says a good test is I think 60 seconds and don't, I, I wouldn't quote me on that, but I know it's his, the people that he works with and he's uh, a, a primary care physician for a select few people, like elites. You know who he is, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I read out live recently. Yeah, sick, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's featured in that um, yeah, Limitless that's right. yep. with yep, yep, yep. Chris Hemsworth. Yep. Yeah. I and think it like podcast. reduces all-cause mortality by like fivefold if you can hang. I mean, who the fuck knows? The data can prove anything. But yeah, hanging for 60 seconds at the age of like 60, somebody's like has is five times less likely to die from all-cause mortality. So oh, wow. the major four killers. Yeah. Just crazy to think about, right? Yeah. It's one small, like, little thing, but... Well, it's even, too, with, like, super, super small with, uh, like, zone two fitness. Yeah. Like, you know, keeping the heart rate just above, like, that 70% be beats per minute to where that keeps your cardiovascular strength. And so life just being so precious, you know, it's like you, you don't know if tomorrow's promised. And so it's like if you can do things to keep your, your daily life as healthy, happy, and as fulfilling as possible, then that is going to just at least ensure, in in my opinion, that you're going to live a, a meaningful life, you know, um, and set yourself up for success. I want to ask you something, Justin, what in your experience on your ayahuasca retreat, other than the ego dissolution stuff, um, what was the key contributing benefit to what you took away from that i i was so locked up just from so much trauma as a child and it allowed and so november 2017 i remember um i was uh doing some mdma in new york city with a couple friends and i committed to hey i'm coming out of this closet that I, this cave that i built for myself and that started out this whole journey of of being okay with who I am and loving myself. And that's kind of what led to the ayahuasca journey, which was in 2021, so four years later. But I was so locked up that, and I believe there was some generational trauma that needed to be fixed totally. before I could work on myself, that a lot of the um, time that I was under the influence of ayahuasca if you will i had like a nada experience i don't re remember what was going on i thought i was sleeping shana was next to me and she was like you weren't sleeping i don't know what that was but you were definitely not sleeping so i think there was this this generational trauma that needed to be healed and that's what happened over those that week and then i've since then done psilocybin journeys several of those and this like this peeling of the onion has happened and now we're starting to get into the core of who i am through those um so i think it was just some foundational things that needed to be worked on do you do like when you do psilocybin do you do like retreats or do you do yeah. it like you do 
Yeah, with with a guy. Nice. Yeah, with have, this, the same guy. Have you found like a um, timeline or timetable of periods that you keep habitually, right? That um, keeps you going in that state of mind. Does it like okay, you're unpeeling this onion, right? Mm-hmm. Is there like a time period that it kind of starts to come back on? Where you, or is it like that's gone, and then the next journey is the next next layer of that onion? Yeah, I don't feel it coming back. No, it it once it's gone, it's gone. That's yeah, fantastic. once you kind of get that consciousness, you can't you can't close that box. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's been my experience. Like even if you want to, I, there's this great uh, great book uh, written by like Ray Dalio, and he talks about like yeah, you, there's typically two phases in life. There's like a financial life, and there's a spiritual life. And you mm-hmm. can go the spiritual life first. Your probability of making money is lessened, um, you know, because typically when you're in that financial realm, you're very power hungry, you know, money driven, and it's not really like focused on, you know self-love and it's just focused on attaining things. And so there's several times that I'm like, man, did I go down that spiritual journey a little too soon? Like I, I, I would like to get some more shekels. Not saying that if you're spiritual or you're conscious or you're, you're not in tune, you cannot do those things, but you get more selective where it's, you know, before your morals, your, you know, your, your things would be compromised to whereas if you've um, had kind of an awakening or you've had more like consciousness stuff. So, um, but it, it's definitely... Yeah, it's it's interesting. I like the East meets West philosophy. You know, the Eastern philosophy, they're very spiritual, but they're very poor as well. Yeah. And then over here in America, we're all power. Well, not we're all. There's, yeah. I think society is is after the money. Yeah. But the spirit, but most people are broken spiritually. Yeah. And so I, I want to have my cake and eat it too. What's the point in having cake if you can't exactly. eat it? Exactly. Yeah. So Cake's yeah, good. yeah, I want to do well financially, but for the right reasons. Right. But then also be wholesome spiritually totally in touch with who i am goes back to i mean intention yeah totally how do you find and i guess a question for all of you guys like how do you find balance between those two things because they're so energetically dominant right like if you're fully focused on like spirituality self-love self-care but also at the same time like fully bought in to you know for for example for us like trying to grow a business trying to you know make ourselves financially free like what does what does balance look like in that for you? I'll start. I, I know what it is for me. It's it's bookending. It's how I start and end my days, right? So I start my days in the cold plunge. We talked about that, and doing meditation, and um, and then I end my days with reading, journaling, and reflecting, and then so whatever. And in the middle, I guess I'm at work and doing the money stuff, but the starting and ending that way keeps me grounded mm-hmm. spiritually so that I'm doing the middle stuff for, I have a better chance of doing the middle stuff for, for the right reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Um, similar to, to what Joe was saying. I, um, Justin, Justin, sorry. No, I'm I've been called worse. I've yeah. Been called much worse. I, I've been called like Mac, which I mean, you guys can call me with Gus if you want, you can call me whatever you want, but, um, you know, similar to Justin, like, um, yeah, I do a, um, I, I do uh, meditation in the morning. Uh, I recently just got a cold plunge, so I've been really trying to get that integrated. I'll try to do that about five times a week, but it's really just starting the morning, like and having the mornings for me. So where they're slower and not necessarily like some, some days are different, but really kind of having that grounded practice and then 
throughout the day, it's, you know, the work, it's the, you know, um, the things that I don't necessarily want to do, doing the difficult things so that I have an easy life. Um, and sometimes that, that kind of looks like different. I mean, I, I really have a passion for music. And so it's like, if there's a moment where I'm like really feeling inspired to create something, I'm going to do that thing to where it may not like give me like, you know, like maybe I'll have like a creative day to where it's like, I'm focusing really on like, you know, reading and focusing on, um, you know, my, men my, men my mentality and just groundedness and then my creativity. And then the next day it's like, I'm working till my eyes are bleeding on the con computer screen. So it's, it's kind of like, sometimes it'll be days, but more often than not, it's the, it's the morning routine and then it's the day and then it's decompressing by doing like some reading or, or um, it's mainly for me reading. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I fell out of the journaling thing, but that I, that's a nice reminder there. What about you, Robbie? Yeah, I think it's definitely where intention, right? Like where's your intention when where you talk about these financial things? Like is our intention to make money? Like maybe, right? But I think definitely for me, my intention is to like, how do I best serve these people that I'm serving? Right? Like, What do I have to do to be able to serve more people? Well, we have to expand, we have to grow. So we have to do a lot of these things. So I think a lot of it comes from intention. I think some spots where I fall short is like balance and some of that self-care. Um, but a lot of that is like my meditation a lot of times is on my motorcycle, right? Like mm. that's something that gives me so much pleasure and joy. It puts me out in nature, right? Like out in the wind. And it also takes my phone away, right? Like I physically cannot answer my phone while I'm on my bike. And if I can, you know, ride my bike to work three or four times a week, like that gives me, you know, 20, 30, 40 minute periods in that day that I'm, I can unplug and be able to do that meditation and really like introspect and look at where I'm at. Um, and then I think it's starting my day with a workout too, right? Like being able to have that time for me first thing in the morning before anybody else is awake and be able to do the hardest thing I'm going to do today and get that out of the way. And then the rest, the rest of the day seems easy and it comes easy and, um, it's relationships and it's building those things and it's putting the right people in the right seats and just continuing to, to get 1% better every day. Yep. Love, love it. that. Nice job with getting rid of the phone. That's I, we are, the, these phones run our lives. It's They're crazy. the worst. It's fucking insane. They do. The they worst. own our lives. Yeah. I, I remember Adam, who we talked about in the last mm -hmm. podcast, he's one of my partners at First Rate. He, for a lot of years, didn't have a phone. And he's like, I'll get, this was back in the, um, in the early 2000s. He'll yeah. get, a, I'll get a phone when there's a camera and there's all these things that now, yeah, now, I mean, we'll turn around and go back home if we forget. You can't, you, it's not that you can't. I've gotten just so used to every, my life runs on my phone. Totally. My, everything's on my phone. Totally. And you're off social media. Yeah, I don't do that, any social like, media. That yeah. fucking throws gasoline on the flames too, because oh it's so addictive. It's the worst. It's such it's a dopamine worst. hit. Every fucking time you look at that thing, man, it's like yeah. dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. And like we justify it because it's like, oh, it's funny. And like we, like we get yeah, comedy yeah. and humor out of it. And yeah. so like good on you for yeah. not even uh, getting into that thing. Or that's business. another... No, yeah, push right? no push notifications yeah. on my phone and my yeah. phone is always on silent. Yeah. It's never even Love on that. vibrate. See, that, that's like, 
That's a that's, that's absolutely amazing. And and it, it, that even too with like looking at the why, like I'll be on my phone just not even thinking about right. it. And no it's des- it's designed like I mean, I think I forget who's where this was. Maybe it was like Matt Walker with how how we sleep is that the yeah book? yeah it's a sleep book, yeah, yeah. It, it nowadays when people come to from like anesthesia or coming out of surgery the first thing that they would check just as a human function is they would check their genitals to make sure they're like okay good we're, we're, we're good <laughs> we're good we're there. unless you're not whoa, whoa and, not good right right because it's like it's our human like it's in our human dna to make sure that we can keep procreating and all that and now it's the first thing that they check is their phone wow and i've i've even noticed it you know phone's more important than your genitals right. so that's a problem well i mean some, sometimes they're kind of interlinked i mean we got all these like <laughs> only, we got all these only fans and people are going to fire up all the porn and stuff and so it's like so like they're kind of like hand in hand but okay. it's like i i recently uh you know i just went through like a, a breakup like back in may and i was off of social media the whole time for the most for the most part when i was with um my partner and when we broke up um i was like just on all the time and i was just like i'm just distracting myself and the social media like i would be willing to bet if social media went away the world would be such a better place like such a better place like the division we have whether it's like divisive politics or or whether it's like you know so and so's achieved or accomplished one thing and then you think well i didn't achieve that and you feel shitty about yourself or you know you get in this comparison modality and it's this just loop of where you're just like just unconsciously just, just mental like, masturbation yeah, yeah. Completely, completely can you can yeah. you imagine how many people would end their lives if social media was totally gone just wow. like right now one day like, i mean i don't even people are ending their lives currently because yeah, of social I, media i know but, but it'd get right it'd it it yeah, be crazy it'd be crazy especially yeah. for this like these younger kids too where it's been like such a pillar of their yeah. lifestyle for literally as much as they can remember yeah, yeah it's crazy man i'm Curious to see what's going to happen in the next couple of decades. I, I feel the. Like, I mean, I recently um, there's this like 22 year old drummer that was playing um, in my buddy's band, and a lot of the thoughts that he was spewing out were kind of regurgitating what we were talking about here. And so it's like I think that they are kind of getting aware. But I mean, like, yeah, you talk about like the amount of suicides and how much more depressions on the rise. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting this on your feed. Like, you no, know, the world's supposed to be ending. You know, in 2035. Like. Well, then what's the point, you know? And so like there it's, it's this like kind of what it is. It's like learned helplessness. Yeah. And and it's like, it's so deleterious to the human spirit. Well, it goes back to like what you were talking about with, with psychedelics, right. And some of the issue with it is like, if you're constantly picking up that phone, if you, to use your phone analogy, right. It's the same thing. It's learned helplessness. It's because like, you don't know how to process what you're actually experiencing and how to take action on improving it. Yeah. Right. And unless you're being intentional, like leaving your phone on silent, not having any push notifications, it's like you get caught in this loop and this cycle. And I think that's kind of what Robbie was alluding to is like, do you have fear around that to where like, you know, and you even talked about the onion. It's like, are you doing this? And then, you know, experiencing this thing and making changes in your lives and being intentional about this, but in seeing this, like, this learned helplessness sort of like human human state of mind that we have so much now. Um, I think it's just like, it's a, it's a good analogous, you know, thing to think about like with, um, 
Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that because it, it's it's the way that these phones are just designed. They are designed to keep you in it. Yeah, they want to sell us shit. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. interesting that it's called Instagram. Like you're getting a gram instantly it's of some like... dopamine, <laughs> like just twenty four seven. And, and is, then TikTok is called TikTok. You're just wasting time just scrolling. And it's like, it's very, I don't know. There, I think there's something to uh, to spelling, you know, casting spells. T- totally, man. Yeah. Totally. Dude, yeah. I've I just recently, funny enough, on TikTok, Kayla shared this video with me about this guy talking about ions, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, like ions, when, if you look at like the molecular structure, and I know I'm going to botch this, but basically it's like, um, one hydrogen model, or excuse me, one hydrogen uh, is breaking off, and that's what like gives it the ionic state, right? It's a negatively charged thing, and mm-hmm. so like if you break down the words, right, like attention, ion, attention with ion is like you're giving. Oh, see, I'm already gonna fuck it up. I I'll send you, you the I video. Get, I get where <laughs> but you're like going. words are fucking. I mean, the the power of words are crazy, man. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um. Now it just slipped my mind. I haven't eaten today, so no, I'm fucking smooth brain over here. I do, I do have a question back to the plant medicine, though. Yeah. Like, and that fear question for, for both of you guys, right, that have experienced that and done some work around that. Like, well, this question's for you, Matt. Yeah. Um, is there, back to that fear question, is there any fear that, like, your addiction, right, will worm its way into that somehow? No. Um, so for me, um, it, it, it kind of goes to like back to what Bryce is saying, but like, our, I think our words are powerful. And so it's like, I, I do realize that I do have some addictive qualities, but I have never identified as like an addict. Um, and so to where granted my habits would have said otherwise, um, you know, but for me, for where I was, it was really getting clear on the why of something of why I'm doing this. And it wasn't like, I'm just going to take it just to take it of like, you know, sometimes people are like, um, you know, we, we have a friend who was like, yeah, I tried drinking again and it's, it's fine. Like life's worth living. Like, you know, it's whatever. And it's like, you can give an excuse for something, but it's like, if you really want to go to a, a, a route for healing, that's what I kind of use it for. I mean, what plant medicine was created by, you know, the deities or like, I mean, it's, it's unfathomable for like ayahuasca alone that there are, I think like 30, I think there may, I'm going to botch this, but it's something crazy. It's 30,000 to 3 million different plant species. And it, ayahuasca was founded by combining two of them and then being like, some people in the Amazon are like, yeah, we're going to brew this for a minute. And then it's this, the, the purpose of it is to heal people. And so I don't think when you're going into a space of trying to learn something about yourself or trying to heal, like, so with that phone call analogy, I think if people do pick up the phone call with ayahuasca I or any type of psychedelic that is trying to like help them, they are receiving some benefit, but if you don't put it into action, yeah, totally. that's where it's a problem. Totally. So it's like, I feel that the the culture that's surrounding where this plant medicine is, is it doesn't really set you up for that to where it's more of a Western culture that is entrenched in like, you're not good enough. 
consume these things, you'll feel better to where it's not like you're consuming this um, substance and you're like, I'm going to feel good now. And it's not, it's not like chasing a high, but it's the, you're, you're, you're looking and you have a curiosity of what your life could be like if you let these, you know, debilitating beliefs go. I think it's different for everybody though, too, right? right? It's like, cause we obviously in the space that we work, right? it's like, this comes up often Yeah. and people use substances, good or bad, doesn't matter, food, yep. nicotine, yep. coffee, like, right, caffeine. Yep. Um, it depends on the intention, yep. right? And it depends on where you're at. And so like, if you're, cause I, I even talked to my therapist about this, cause I was like, you know, contemplating on this, like, hey, I'm at this place where I feel stagnated spiritually. But then if you start to really uncover, like, what is the true intention behind you wanting to do this? Like Matt brought up earlier, like, what for? Like, what is this for? And so like, if you're meeting yourself where you're at, and like, you're being called to something, then I think there's benefit. But I also think that like, you have to be very clear on what that is. And if it's like a recreational desire, then like, you're doing it for the wrong reason anyway. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, and I think that there's so many people in our space that are like, you know, deep enough into recovery and have uncovered their traumas and worked through stuff and processed stuff. And they're at a place to where they um, energetically want to unstagnate and they want to raise their frequency. And I think like it can be a tool. And so that's where it's like, you know, because I've we've had these discussions yeah, before. Totally. It's like, you know, what's the point behind it? Like, what's the benefit behind it? But I think, uh, you know, for me personally, it's like I'm at a place right now to where I I don't necessarily think that I need need that. But who's to say what's going to happen tomorrow? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know that like right now with where I'm at and the 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 lifestyle that I've created and the the you know the systems that we've built to you know, bookend our days and do the meditation, do the self-care, do the fitness, do the nutrition, do all that stuff. I'm at a good, comfortable place right now with where I'm at, but certain people are on different places in their path. And so it's like, if they can do that and it's not a recreational thing to where they're being intentional about like, you know, raising their consciousness, then, you know, absolutely. But it is a good question to bring up. And, and, I, think and, and I think too, Robbie, like to answer that question, like if someone's coming into, and I've never gone through like the traditional like recovery space, but I think of someone who's like coming from, you know, s struggling with an addiction and they're like, oh, I want to go and do this. I don't know, like, if they have a clear enough why of going into doing that until they really understand, like, well, why did I have these addictions to begin with? Totally. And what was I like trying to because I, I do think in a lot of ways, I really do think addictions in my opinion, I think are just a manifestation of trauma. Totally. Uh, they're, and, they're symptoms. Yep. And, yep. and so I think if you can unpack what, like, I think any substance, whether it's alcohol, whether it's heroin, whether it's Adderall, whether it's any type of drug, it is serving you for the skill set and the tools that you have at that time as a way to combat the trauma that you have. So, you don't know because you you're just like thinking, oh, I'm taking this thing to make me feel better. But I think like 
all of those things serve a purpose and they are helping people in ways that they're probably unconscious of. And, and, and a lot of times they're like, no, I just did it because I like to do it. That's why everyone does it initially. They're like, this is yeah, fucking, to turn on good yeah. feelings or yeah, turn yeah, off turn bad on. feelings. Yeah. yeah. And it's like this, this feels great or I don't hurt anymore. And so it's like, until you can get to the reason of like, well, why do I need to have this in order to feel good or, or not? And so I think if they could ask that question, I think it's good. Now, granted, I think you could ask someone else who's probably more, you know, well-versed in like plant medicine. Um, maybe you could speak to this some, but I think if I was to talk to my sister, it depends. Like if, you know, my, um, my stepbrother, um, he's gone through recovery and he went to, um, what's the spot up in, in Steamboat Foundry? Foundry. Yeah. So he was at the Foundry and, you know, this was at a time that my sister was kind of unpacking the, um, you know, the plant medicine stuff, she, you know, my mom's reading the literature. She's like, well, I've read a lot that like ayahuasca could be good. It's possible that someone who's struggling with addiction, like I've seen people who are addicted to things. They take a very powerful psychoactive substance, plant medicine, like ayahuasca or mushrooms. And then that dissolves because they unpack the stuff and they realize, yeah, this isn't serving me. So it, I don't know if, if that, if that sounds like it's kind of batting down. No, there's, so there's three pieces to the, the, the whole plant medicine thing that I think need to be, that are important. One is the medicine itself, right? You can't, can't do it without that. Two is your mindset going in, which is what you've talked about a a lot. What's the intention? Why are you doing this? And the three is the setting. Like, where are you physically at? And so when we did the ayahuasca, they had a beautiful maloca and there's, there's good energy in the world and there's bad energy in the world. And you got to keep the bad energy out because, so they would do all these things to cleanse the environment, and make sure it was the same. And the same thing with the, the the mushroom journeys that I've been on. You know, it's about every six months or something. So it's not like a monthly. Th- I mean, it, it's when the medicine calls me to 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 do it. But it's it's making sure that you've got the right work going in, the right work coming out, so yep. that you take something from it. But also cleansing the environment, making sure that you're in a space where where uh, you can keep the bad energy away. Cause I mean, there's people that go on bad trips like all the time totally. and that's not something that, and that I think I with experience. that energy that you talk about too, I think a lot of times, at least from this, you know, the ceremonies that I've been a part of, um, or the, especially the things my sister talks to is like the container that's there. Yes. It, it's, it's not like party on Wayne, party on Gaul, uh, Party on Wayne Garth. I just played golf today. I don't know, but uh, but it's it's one of those things where you're. It's not like this is a rager. This is where we're going to use it as an excuse. And so the most people that are going there are very very intentional with what with what they're looking to get. And and the 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 post integration is also really important. So talking about your experience, you know, a day or two later, a week or two later. This is where journaling comes in huge for me is is being able to reflect on so that you can carry the learnings and the lessons and the deepening into your life as opposed to just have having a good night. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very, I don't know, I've never found that like from any of the, the ceremonies that I've been a part of, people are like, oh, this is so much fun. Like most times it's like very, very intense, like deep unpacking of traumas or things that you as a person are trying to learn about yourself. Fun, fun is not a, especially yeah, right, with yeah, the ayahuasca. Right, there yeah. is, there is, it's not that there's no fun, but when you get your little ayahuasca cup, they also give you a puke bucket. Like yeah. everybody's purging yeah. in some kind of way. I didn't puke. I, 
I shit more than like I ate in the last week. Squirted like a goose, brother. Uh, like all the like I like how how is this even possible? You well, know like, what I mean? I, did you go like do you diet before like to 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 do that? I was eating real clean. Yeah, they have you doing all kinds like, of stuff. My and, sister talked to me about the whole thing. She's like, it's no salt. There's no pork. There, you know, there's no sex. Yeah, they, no, yeah. You abstain like there's marijuana a for thirty days. Yep, like they no, really want yeah, you clean. No out. alcohol if you do drink alcohol. So it's it's a very like it, it's 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 very sacred to, right. to the indigenous people. And so it's like, they treat that medicine as genuine medicine. Right. And so, um, you know, cause everybody needs, it, it's funny. Like when, when my sister first started getting into it, she's like, Oh, this is really good medicine. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, well, what you're calling it medicine. What are you sick from? And so like, I was like something you're sick, you're ill, but it's like, until we unpack that, it's like, we all are healing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like by using that as like just a, it's the same thing as like going to therapy or doing something out of self-love for yourself or riding your motorcycle or going to the gym or doing, you know, anything that's loving to yourself, that is medicine too. And so it's, it's, it's fueling your soul and it's stoking the fire of, I think really just you becoming more of who you were born to be and just helping you get, more aligned on that path i think but i don't know much I, I mean smooth I, brand. I agree with you too cool let's wrap this up um i definitely want to have you back on sometime like these are yeah. great conversations now we got this studio all the time too so we'll yeah. uh yeah let's start uh getting you guys back in here more often um appreciate your time man thanks no, for coming on thanks love you brother me. yeah love you, um yeah man we'll see you uh See you at tomorrow's workout. Sounds good, Blair. Blair. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to see you.